Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On episode 33 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, we are back and we are excited to talk because West Ham have two wins under their belt, an impressive 3-1 away win to Watford, and a 2-0 victory away at Newport County in the Carabao Cup. We review these matches, touch on Hammers polls, and preview the Norwich match coming up. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. Uh, it's a two-man crew, Jeremiah and myself here for episode 33. We're happy, we're excited. We have two wins to talk about, and uh, we couldn't be more excited to jump back in and record a little something-something episode here. Jeremiah, how you doing today? And you, you, you said it just perfectly. I'm excited. It's, it's not too often we get to talk about two wins um, in one podcast, so definitely a lot easier than getting on here and talking about some negativity, so I'm pumped. I know, me too. It's it's nice. The season's turning around a little bit. West Ham now have four points in three matches, which of course we'd want more, but we're happy with that considering Manchester City was waiting for us to start the season. Uh, and there's no better place for us to start our conversation this week than that Watford match. Uh, I'm going to go over the starting lineups here and you tell me your initial thoughts at the time and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, well, I'm only going to tell you the West Ham starting lineup because I don't really care about Watford's. They were without uh, Pereira and Troy Deeney in this one. We'll leave it at that. For West Ham, it was a, uh, according to uh, Google, it was a 4 2 3 1, and I think that's pretty appropriate. 4 1 4 1, if you want to call it that. But uh, Mazuaku, Ogbana, Diop, Fredericks at the back, Noble Rice in holding midfield positions, Felipe Anderson, Manuel Lanzini, and Yarmolenko across the forward line. And Sebastian Allaire up top by himself. Right away, in, among uh, what was your instant impact when you when you saw that and your reaction to that lineup? I was pretty excited. I think um, I've been a huge kind of I've been calling out a lot for Antonio to get the start. So whenever I saw Yarmolenko's name on there, I mean, not you know disappointed by any means. He's Yarmolenko and he's a good player. Like we've talked about plenty of times, we have a lot of good midfielders that can you know play out on the wing and. And so there was a lot of good options there. But um, I think the only thing I had a little negativity towards was Antonio not starting. But still, I mean, all in all, it was a solid, really, really solid team. Getting Anderson, Allaire back, and of course, getting the skipper back in there. I was I was ecstatic. Yeah, Noble was a big one that I circled uh, as well. Felipe Anderson and Sebastian Allaire were, in, were injured for uh, the the match against Brighton, so it was good to see them back. Uh, of course, and, and anytime Noble's in the team, you just have a little bit more confidence about you. But you weren't alone. I think most people expected uh, and Mikel Antonio to, to get the start simply because he actually changed the the match really well for West Ham against Brighton. He looked you know quick, exciting, powerful down the wing, which is what you wanted to see. I can understand the idea of putting Yarmolenko in with the idea of he's going to come off for Antonio. You know what you have in Antonio. You know he can abuse a tired back line, especially as a, as a super sub. And you need mm-hmm. Yarmolenko to get involved in these games. He was, what is he, 19 million pound transfer? He's coming off yeah. injury. You need to get him the run out there. So I, I'm, I'm okay with him starting. If it was him, if it was Antonio, if it was Fornells, I would understand it. Snodgrass, I'd be a little bit more concerned. 
Uh, I think he's more of a specialist now. Uh, but the, out of those three, a rotating crew was fine with me. I was, um, I wasn't impressed with Yarmolenko. I don't think he did much when he was on the pitch. You can see he always is teasing the ball to his left foot. But I was happy to see him actually running hard and tracking back. He's never going to be the first man back, but he was in West Ham's own zone, grabbing the ball, trying to force turnovers, and it was good to see him back out on the pitch. Yeah, it, there was a couple times, too, I was definitely not impressed. I'm kind of giving the ball away. And then, he, like you said, he had to track back, and he had to use what pace that he has to get back there because he kind of got bullied up a little bit a couple different times. The two players on him at once, and a uh, couple definitely, definitely a couple times of being unimpressed. I know talking to a couple people on WhatsApp group. I was like, why, you know, why is he in here? And then right towards the end of the half, or I guess it was actually the beginning of the second half. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, you know, he kind of put that one shot on net and the dude's got a rocket of a shot. So definitely not, I mean, not negative against him for starting. And I think that, you know, going forward, which we'll get into, I'm sure he, you know, looks like he's going to be a good solid right winger for us. I wonder if, if Pellegrini wants to rest, Alaire, or even if he wants to play do, do this with him alongside him. Yarmolenko as a second striker as an option. He doesn't have to track back as far. He can still kind of patrol the right side, and he would maybe have more opportunities to shoot, albeit from a closer range. Something to, to, to mull over, I'm sure. But uh, another question in the in the uh, starting lineup was Angelo Ogbonna starting over Balbuena again. Um, listen, West Ham got run through really easily and quickly in this match. I don't know what the issue is. Fredericks and Mazuaku are being encouraged to get forward, but when they're back, they're not impacting that back line enough. There's something going on here. I don't know why Ogbon is getting the look. It must be, you know, I, I don't want to say I know better than Pellegrini because I'm not there every day. I don't see these players. Um, so I don't know. But there's something just not clicking with that back line so far. And it seems like I'm praying that that come to Jesus moment happens and Balbuena gets put into the lineup, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, there's that partnership we'd been missing since last season. Right, yeah, and I know you see a lot of things about tactics and just having the left foot, right foot thing, and I get that, and, you know, who are we to say that we know better than Pellegrini? So, I mean, like you said, something clearly is, is going on, but who really knows? I mean, it's a scary thought. As much as I've been kind of praising Mazuaku being at the left back with him and Agbana next to each other does scare me. And we've seen with the last two weeks now that that's where a goal has come from. Now, granted, you know, there might be other players tracking back and they kind of got overrun sure. or whatever it looks like. But yeah, I mean, you can't look away from the stats if that's where the goals came from is in between those two. So that is a, uh, an interesting thing to think about. And I don't know, maybe something's going on with Balbuena. We don't really know. I mean, maybe he's having a little bit of a slump in his second year. So that's that's always a possibility too. But yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a little frightening still, unless something happens or if Ogbonna just comes out of nowhere and we're like, oh, there's the old Ogbonna from like the 15, 16 season. So it'd be nice to see something in that sense. But um, as as you know, we we learned in this match, West Ham weren't going to keep a clean, clean sheet, uh, and it actually looked quite early like they were going to allow a, a goal against. Uh, it was. Uh, Gerard De La Feo, probably their best player on the, on the pitch uh, mm-hmm. for Watford, who cut right through West Ham's midfield, raided right through their back line, and it was uh, it was Ryan Fredericks, actually, who muscled them off the ball and cleared it out. The ball came immediately down the pitch, uh, sent up to Allaire by himself, who had some great composure to keep the ball, some great, uh, uh, some great sight, rather, to uh, pick out Lanzini on the far side of the box. He cuts in, uh, sort of does like a, a no-move dribble, where he 
looks like he's going to go take the ball forward. Doesn't. DeCore leaves his foot in, and we're looking at a penalty just three minutes into the match, and Mark Noble, of course, is in the lineup. So did you think there was a penalty? There wasn't a ton of contact there. It seemed like a ton of contact. It seemed like there might have been an elbow or his hand or something got in his face too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just kind of the right action of it all. I mean, took him down and clearly, I mean, he he did hit him. I mean, he kind of didn't get out of the way basically. And uh, yeah, I think it was enough contact. I mean, a different referee and maybe something different. But yeah, I think I think it was. I actually didn't see it live. I was uh, funny enough. I had I forgot to reactivate my NBC Gold package. And so I'm trying to figure out why the heck it's not playing, and all and all this is going on, and and you know I can see like you know Twitter's blowing up and everything else is blowing up, and I'm just freaking out trying to get NBC goal going. By the time I got it going and working, it was already over. But uh, I watched back at it. It, it did kind of look like a, uh, for me, it looked like a penalty. Yeah, I agree. Like Lindsay dropped holding his face, so he's someone who will embellish things but there was contact on his foot his knee his leg and as well on his face so i'll give him that one um Mm -hmm. noble steps up no you know funny business no crazy jog half stop keep going spin around do a burpee then kick the ball just walks up (laughs) looks off the keeper one way ball goes the other way the man's automatic i mean that's what it looks like he does literally every time you can tell he looks the keeper one way, the keeper's going to go that way because it's Mark Noble, and then he just taps it in the other way. I mean, and not taps it in, he, he sends it home. Oh, yeah, he puts some pace yeah, on he, it. Yeah, he puts it in. I mean, it's just basic, like you said. He just steps up, he does his job, very casual business-like with it. I, that's I, that's what bothers me with penalties. If you're going to take a penalty, put some pace on it. If the ball gets saved, you can ricochet back to you or a teammate, but I, I can't stand watching people try to place it, and then it gets saved, and the keeper just holds on to it. Mm-hmm. Lanzini, sorry, not Lanzini, Fabianski stopped one against Cardiff last year, and the ball was just feathered to him, and he, there was no rebound, there was no secondary chance. Beautiful for us, but... Yeah. Uh, anyways, this match, uh, for what you did or didn't see in it, was a completely open, back-and-forth, swinging match. Um, both West Ham and Watford were just completely giving up their back line in order to keep the ball forward. Uh, Decore, who I think is one of their best players, and, and a lot of people would agree with that, was complete. He's he's kind of been played in a four-two-two-two system as a defensive midfielder. He was played more centrally with Will Hughes, and and uh, and he basically was an attacking midfielder along with with Cleverly. It was a really interesting setup from from Watford. I think they were trying to do something different because they started zero and two, and they hadn't mm-hmm. scored a goal yet. Of course, they get their first goal. A beautifully played <laughs> ball finds Andre Gray, who uh, makes no mistake far post. It was it was actually. You know, as much as we get on our own back line for causing problems for themselves, this is a great run from Gray. And, you know, I, I won't hold it too much against the team for allowing it to, to go down. No, it was a beautifully played pass right across the box, right to him. I mean, and he was in the right spot, and he put it away right where he should have been. Almost, I don't want to say impossible for Fabianski to stop, but, I mean, it was... Tough angle. He put the ball, a tough angle, right where he was, should have put it, and... Yeah, I mean, you know, so be it for us to get, let them get their first goal. But luckily for us, we didn't let them get the first win. Well, two goals for Sebastian Allaire would be what we have to expect to come in this one. Uh, the first one was a tap-in. All the work was done by Mazuaku and Felipe Anderson. Great to see Felipe take... I wrote about this on Green Street Hammers. Felipe Anderson, the ball's going right to Allaire at the top of the box. Anderson steps in front of him and pushes it beyond the defender. And former center forward that used to play on our team would have slapped his hands on his hips, 
and dropped his head back like why'd you take the ball off me instead Alaire puts his head down runs right to the front of the net beats his defender and taps in the ball on a beautiful pass from Anderson uh, Anderson just wants to create goals as much as he wants to score them and I think Alaire and him could be something exceptional um, and the exceptional came in the second goal which was a deflected short corner from the keeper onto the crossbar and Alaire does an overhead kick and slams it in the net would you make of Alaire's uh, of his performance and what he had to say about himself you know wanting to perform better and more consistently for West Ham yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Didn't he come out and say that he thought he could have played better? Yeah, like he didn't he have was, a good game. He was disappointed with himself. I'm like, yeah, uh, no, I thought he played well, dude. And, and I wrote a post about that too on Greaser Hammers about how he just plays different than a lot of forwards that we've had. And, um, you know, a certain one like you were talking about would have given up on that play. And it was or not beautifully guys. done. Talking about Arnold. Yeah, Muggo. <laughs> talking about Muggo. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, it was beautifully played right to him. He didn't have to do anything to put his foot on it. And that's something that. Um, we got lucky that Wofford messed up on a couple times, but he put the foot on it. The the second, the bicycle kick that actually went in, that one I wasn't even, I was paying attention. I was kind of looking at him like, here it goes. It was beautiful. I got more excited about the first one just of how, like, it almost, um, like, they almost went in when it was a Yarmolenko that crossed it over. Well, he had, like, he a, he had like weird, a scorpion kick or something I don't like even that. know what that was. Yeah, he got it on that, head, was like, crazy. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just crazy to think about, crazy to think that, he was able to do that with his weight and his size, and he's a big dude. And uh, yeah, he just flipped right around and put it in. I mean, it was it was something fantastic to see, and definitely, I think, leaves every West Ham fan just excited for more. Completely agree. Um, we'll go. Well, you know, th- this was a rousing success for West Ham. Their first win of the season. We got to see lots of goals being scored in an open game. We do get to see Fabianski get into action. He was great in this one. Mm-hmm. One goal against wasn't bad. We're happy to have Mark Noble back. The team just looks different with him in there. And Declan Rice played really well. I don't think he's played well in the first two matches. He really looked more himself in this one, which shows maybe the immaturity that's still there with him playing in that holding position by himself. Um, but again, he's still growing. He's a, he's a young kid. Uh, but something we, we can, you know, that, that triumvirate of Allaire, Rice, and Noble, uh, and, you know, mix Lanzini in that as well to make it a quartet, we're all rested for the next match, which was uh, West Ham's Carabao Cup second round draw against Newport County. Uh, Newport, a notoriously tough team in the past couple seasons in tournament play. They, I know they eliminated Leicester last season. Were you at all concerned going into this match? And then we could also talk about the starting lineup. Did you think that the manager made the right decision with who he picked for that team? Yeah, two things concern me. One, it was uh, like you had just mentioned, Adam, with Newport and how they have kind of been giant killers, so to speak. I mean, they've taken care of Leicester before. I think they drew with Spurs a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, they, play. yeah, they have they've played well and they played up and and they haven't lost yet either. Um, and, and granted, it's League Two, it's three divisions down, but they haven't lost. They're playing in good form, and it was at their home. I mean, regardless, I think maybe there's only six thousand in attendance. I think is what, but still. If you watch the game, it was loud. It was there was a lot going on, and um, so yeah, that was one thing that kind of kind of scared me a little bit. And I just have that constant hesitation as a West Ham fan, or like, are we going to play down? Are we going to kind of not play, you know, as motivated as uh, maybe clear and concise as we should against these teams? And so that was my definitely two concerns. I liked the lineup. Um, tried to predict it, predicted it wrong. I think that seems to be a theme. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, I mean the lineup I was okay with. Uh, kind of another little thing I, w- I was really interested to see how Roberto played and I know we're going to get into that but I thought Roberto did an excellent job it could have been way worse absolutely yeah the, the team you know it wasn't the most exciting team to pick uh, you know there was a lot of 
there was a lot of fringe players as they were being characterized who got runouts in this match who I think deserved it. But there were a couple players that we wanted to see more from. And I think specifically Roberto was one of them. He didn't have a strong preseason, so we wanted to see him put up a good, strong performance. And the others were Pablo Fornells and Jack Wilshire, who were expected to be starters in this team to replace um, you know, players on the pitch like uh, Mark Noble. But both of them were pushed to the bench because we just can't trust him. And they ended up both getting goals in this match. It was an eventual 2 nothing win. Um, but the person I circled, and I'm surprised that I didn't get to see more of him, was Albion, uh, Albion Ajedi, uh, our new striker. <laughs> I thought when the ball came to him, he he was strong. He didn't get the service he needed. Uh, I think there's a bit of confusion because people were trying to play the ball on the floor, take it into the middle of the box. This Newport team was completely drilled to the point where um, West Ham couldn't break them down for a large majority of the match. So Ajedi wasn't going to get the ball played to him. He's a really strong aerial player for being someone small. He showed that. He, he had a, a header that just missed in between two towering center backs. So... If we put the ball in the air to him or send him in on long sort of sprints, I think that's where he's going to be more effective. Uh, that being said, let's go back to the goals here. Uh, say, uh, excuse me, Wilshire and Fornals both got goals. Uh, Wilshire came in the first half. He looked absolutely atrocious, in my opinion, up to his goal. He was turning the ball over. They were they were really pressuring pressuring him and pushing on him to force turnovers because he was giving the ball away without pressure, and uh, he ended up. <laughs> ironically he ended up misplaying a ball down the middle to Fornals it caught the defender by surprise but and on Wilshire, to credit Wilshire, he followed up the ball immediately and uh, took it in made no mistake on a partial breakaway what'd you make of Wilshire's goal there do you think it was well taken do you think it was well deserved or do you think it was just sort of frustration boiling over <laughs> I think you can see the frustration boiling over with his play um, maybe it was frustration or just lack of it I don't really know but um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I was arguing with a lot of people on Twitter. They were, you know, trying to defend him and defend his plan. I thought it was just awful up yep. until up until the point of the goal. And like you said, he misplayed it. I was frustrated. I'm watching it on my phone. I was telling you I was driving yesterday. Watched it on the phone and uh, gave it away again. And I was kind of frustrated. Put the phone down. And then all of a sudden, you hear the commentator say that he picked it back up from the defender and he just put it away. I mean, it was just class shot. Put it right where he needed to. And um, after that, it seemed that his game kind of changed a little bit. That finally gave a little spark to him and clearly the rest of the team because then they looked, in my eyes, much better the second half. Yeah, and we'll jump into the second half because Fornals put up a great goal for West Ham as well. Uh, this one was well worked from start to finish. West Ham were dominating possession in the second half, which was not the tale of the first half at all. Uh, Newport were, were pushing West Ham really strong, or really well, excuse me, with with a strong midfield team. They were on every ball, and then Amond and Abrahams, the two forwards, were, were up top, you know, pushing on West Ham's back line. They really made Diop look uncomfortable. But uh, as it would break down, West Ham took over the match. They ended up with 76% possession, 74% possession in the match, uh, which is a, a leading uh, statistic there. Excuse me, my mind scrambled today. But... Uh, the goal from Fornals, he actually wins back a short ball from Carlos Sanchez, flicks it over uh, to Jack Wilshire, who finds Felipe Anderson. Anderson's actually looking to pass the ball to a jetty in the middle, who drew both center backs covering him. Uh, he sort of gets bullied out of the way, which could have been a penalty shout if the ball didn't go in, but it lands right on Fornals' foot, and he just has the uh, left back to beat, who was a little bit out of position anyways, and he pots it in from two feet out. Well-taking goal, you know, good players get in the right positions. 
Did Fornals impress you more in this match than Wilshire did? That's tough. I think it was kind of equal. I think that Fornals, as a overall, if you look at the entire entirety of it, I think that he might have impressed a little bit more. I mean, definitely impressed enough to where I would want to see him more, possibly even this weekend. Um, and, and that play alone was set up perfectly. Once again, you mentioned Felipe Anderson. You mentioned the fact that he, you know, he, he's looking to help set up just as much as he is to score. I think you could tell in his mind he's looking to score, obviously, but when it's not there, he's definitely looking to set up. And and you mentioned another name in that kind of just brief statement, uh, Carlos Sanchez. Um, I, wanted, I want to touch on him just real quick. I mean, I'm not trying to get any or attract any haters from this, but They're coming. I, I, I think that, yeah, I think the typicalness of it is, you know, he has a bad play and then followed by a good play. But he had a lot of solid plays in this game when he was out there, when he was playing. And uh, but he had some really, you know, atrocious, like horrendous ones, too. So it was kind of I was joking with Scott Davis, uh, you know, co-contributor with us. And he um, he was mentioning and we were kind of joking about the same thing. It's like one he equals out one good play for one terrible play. And, I, I thought he did he, more good than bad in this match. He though. did. He definitely did. He played well. I mean, maybe um, I don't know. Maybe Pellegrini is seeing something. He's definitely good in defense most of the time. I don't want to like, you know, jinx it now, but he definitely played well. Like you said, I think he played better. He played well more than he actually didn't. So at the end of it, yeah, I was impressed. I think that's a a needed point for him too, just to sort of hunker down. Okay. This is a strong performance. Let's build on ever since he got his braids. And even though they were out in this match, he's looked better for West Ham. So I'm okay (laughs) with that. Um, We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the seven-minute injury in this match, which was Mikel Antonio. He was sent in on a, on a long ball from Fornals, who you know just let him on. He was going to get to the ball, no issue. He was running hard, and he dropped to the, to the ground before the ball even was at his feet and called for a sub right away. It looked like his hamstring was done. Uh, early reports suggest it's a tear that could cause uh, him to be out till Christmas with surgery. Other reports are suggesting a second uh, opinion today. Could mean no surgery. Regardless, this was a uh, an awful injury just based off of Antonio being a strong performer for us thus far in the season. And I actually didn't want to see him start this match at all. I thought Holland should have been in that left attacking mid, left wing position where Antonio mm-hmm. started. There was no need to risk someone who has such an injury history. Uh, we got lucky with him not picking up much of, in, much of any injuries last season under Pellegrini. So maybe that short memory kicks in. But he's someone who needs to be rested just for how hard and fast he plays. It feels so avoidable, but uh, you know, no one can see the future. I'm just frustrated that he that he's going to be out now for for a long term. It looks like. Yeah, it is frustrating. And like you said, I didn't. Um, I thought he was going to play. I think that I'm kind of getting behind the idea as much as I want him to start. That Pellegrini kind of has him as we were both saying a super sub coming on second half, tired defense, and just you know kind of bullying him around. So I did see him starting, and um, yeah, typical. How typical is it? We start calling for somebody to play, and then out of nowhere, it's like, well, actually, let's get hurt. So. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, West Ham move on. The draws tonight as we're recording this uh, to see who they, they draw. Hopefully, it's you know one of the lower level, lower level teams, and they can actually uh, pull out another performance to, to give this team a solid deep cup run. Uh, We are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to jump into some Hammers Pulls questions before we preview the Norwich match. Stay tuned. 
All right, welcome back to segment two of the Green Street Hammers podcast. We are here to jump into some Hammers Polls questions. One of our favorite West Ham social media accounts, at Hammers Polls on Twitter. Uh, if you want the West Ham pulse of the fans, this is a spot to go. Every poll has hundreds, if not thousands, of votes on it. And we're going to skip through some of these and give our opinions on uh, the latest and greatest polls surrounding West Ham. Uh, this one is very timely as it follows uh, Alaire's two-goal performance. And I will ask this to you, Jeremiah, first. Who will score more goals in the Premier League this season? Timo Puki, five goals currently, or Sebastian Allaire, two goals currently? I think, uh, I mean, biasly, but truthfully, I'm going to go with Allaire. I think that Puki's obviously on a roll, and Puki's really one of the only things Norwich has for him right now. And, uh, I mean, I think he's going to keep scoring for sure. Hopefully we can stop him this weekend. But I do think over the marathon that is the English Premier League season, I think that Allaire is going to end up with the most. I don't know. I mean, hopefully we get you know upwards in that twenty mark to be pretty legit. But yeah, I think uh, at the end of the season, Alaire will be. He'll have more than Pookie. See, I, I voted Pookie here. Uh, the voters twelve hundred ninety-seven votes on this one. The voters said seventy-one percent Alaire, twenty-nine Pookie. I said Pookie. He's got a three-goal lead on him here. They've already played Liverpool in one of their matches, so that blank's gone. But the only thing would be injury. But Pookie doesn't play a dynamic game in the sense that he's running hard and beating people to the ball or he's you know physically holding everyone off he is a great situational player where he gets into good spots to score and i think his veteran presence will sort of continue this this string of goals for him hopefully like you said we do stop him and i'm hedging my bets here i'd love to be wrong on this one but uh pookie did it last year hopefully um alaire can can sort of capture his form from a year prior as well and, and we'll have a good race between these two but i'll give the guy with the lead the the uh, let me ask right you now. let me ask you a, a side question there sure. um since we are in a few of the uh fantasy leagues together um okay. do would you start pookie this week playing against west ham oh you have to, if you have him on your team and you're not starting him i don't care how big of a west ham fan you are just be a smart person and you start gotta him, start right? him yeah yeah i think so too oh we'll, pr- we'll probably catch some flack for that but yeah i, I think so just i, I mean this team yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a massive West Ham supporter, as everybody obviously would know if they're listening to this. Do you not think that the defense is a problem for West Ham right now? <laughs> it's the biggest problem. Yeah, I mean, just like you were saying, he gets in the right spot. He doesn't have – he's not very athletic as far as getting up and down, but he knows how to get in the right spot. And, I mean, five goals already in three games, It's there's no doubt he knows what he's doing. Uh, this question uh, comes from at WHU Polls as their um, – Snap poll Saturday poll. Uh, will it cost West Ham from for not improving the fullback and defensive midfielders in this summer? I say no. I'm going to go positive on this one. We missed Mark Noble to start the season, uh, and he fills a really you know important role for the team. But Declan Rice, Mark Noble, Wilshere Sanchez, Coventry even made an appearance in the match against Newport. So I think we have options there. I know they're not world beaters, uh, but this is not a world-beating team just yet. We're building. So... I don't think it's going to cost him that much. Cardoso as well. Apparently, the thought is he's a little bit too fresh to come into the Prem right now. Let him okay. get his legs underneath him with the under-23s. And until then, we do have three serviceable center backs right now. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I mean, it would be ludicrous if I didn't because I've been saying all off season that I was okay with it. And I think we're going to be good with it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with um, what I've been saying this whole time. I think we'll be fine. I think that, you know, it's just the beginning of the season. It's going to take a little bit to get their legs under them. And then we should be good to go. 73% disagree with us and say, yes, the team will cost them. Um, interesting, interesting poll there. 
Uh, do you think Yarmolenko starts this next match against Norwich City coming up? Yes or no, Jeremiah? I cede this one to you. Yes. Now, with everything, all the circumstances, was this um, posted before or after yesterday? Before, on the 25th. Before, yeah. I think before I would have said no, but uh, now looking at everything, yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Agreed, yeah. I think yes as well, but I do think it's it's neck and neck with him and Fornals. Fornals <laughs> didn't play and looked strong. Maybe you see a, a timeshare there starting at, at right right mid. Um, but I think Yarmolenko gets another start. He had the midweek match off, so he could be very well the option to play 60 to 65 minutes, 70 minutes, and then Fornells comes on. But I would give him the, the run out again. If he, if he can get the ball on his left foot, watch out. Yep, agreed. All right, the last player to score more than 20 goals in a Premier League season for West Ham was Teddy Sheringham back in 2005, and he scored 26. Will Allaire score more or less goals than that this season? In 26, I'm going to go no. Uh, I'm trying to get too negative on it. I just think that West Ham has a lot of attacking presence around the midfield. And um, as we've seen already, I mean, he's got two. He got two last week, but... You know, Lanzini can put it in, Anderson can put it in, Fernales can put it in, Antonio Yarmolenko. I mean, there's four, five, six Noble guys that can easily, yeah, <laughs> easily put it in. It's There's just a lot of, do I see him getting up to 20? I think he could get to 20, but, I mean, it's just a lot. There have to be a lot focused solely on him for that, and I don't think that we are quite playing that way right now. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think he gets less than that, but, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks the 20-goal mark. He's, that would be nice. He's got the ability to do it different ways, so I, I, I like that one. Um, okay, let's jump ahead here. Uh, three games in, who has been your standout performer thus far? Allaire, Lanzini, Antonio, or Rice? I think for me it's got to be Lanzini. I think even in the City match he looked well, and you know, you got to kind of exclude that match. I mean, 5-0, and it was a rough opener. But, yeah, he's looked well. He's been dominant. Uh, back to his kind of old self as far as, Getting in, he's aggressive for a little dude. I mean, getting in there, getting into the play. You saw him take the penalty and take a solid hit to the face this past weekend. Um, yeah, I, I think that all in all, I think it has to be Lanzini. Yeah, I'm picking Lanzini on this one, and so too did 51% of the voters. But I think Antonio should get a, a solid shout too. He's been a good change of pace player coming off the bench. It'll be sad that we don't have him now to, to go to or even to start. But, um, you know, he, he, was, he was looking strong, so... Uh, the, this one shook out Lanzini 51%, Antonio 24 Allaire 21 and Rice 4. Rice hasn't been himself yet, but he's growing into that spot. Uh, okay, so we'll continue on here. Hernandez is missing from the squad at Watford due to sickness, uh, a sickness or bug, and it's now being reported that he has a thigh strain, which rules him out against the Newport match, which, again, we did see that he didn't show up in. Do you think this is a smokescreen for an incoming bid from the MLS or a genuine, uh, or it's genuine, and he still has a role to play this season. I think it's genuine in a role. I think maybe before knowing a lot about Chicharito, maybe this past off season thinking that might have been a smokescreen. But uh, even just in the comments that he made, you know, he maybe doesn't want to be here necessarily, but he's here, so he's going to play here. Um, I don't see him as a smokescreen type of guy, and I don't think that you know the back office of West Ham are going to be playing that way either. I think that you know maybe just is sick, got a little knock to him, and. Um, hopefully we'll see him back, but we do have a Yeti that can fill in, I think, kind of well, and um, we should be good for a little bit. Yeah, I, I, like my heart says, smokescreen to get him out, get some <laughs> money back, but my brain says genuine injury, especially now with Antonio getting injured, who could play at striker. We have two strikers mm-hmm. in the team. We need Hernandez. 
Uh, and X did say that uh, Hernandez did legitimately have a bug and should hopefully be back for the uh, match coming up this weekend. So um, I, I think you and I are on the same page there. What's up with uh, Zande Silva? Do you know anything? What's up with that? Where's well, he, he, he had that um, obstruction that in his bowel and surgery. Weird and injury. Yeah. He hasn't been featuring for the under under twenty threes yet, but I, I hope he's coming back soon. I don't know anything uh, anything specific yet, but hopefully he's going to get back, and, and then you know he could be an option as well. Yeah, that was kind of a weird freak injury or freak illness or whatever it ended up being, but. Yeah, hopefully, because he a lot of promise around him. I mean, definitely a lot of promise around the forward position. We just don't have that many guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can maybe maybe we'll end with this one here. Um, okay. It's uh, football adjacent. We'll say. Having seen both kits in the Premier League now, which one do you prefer, the home Clareton Blues or the away Whites? Oh, dude, the away Whites just look. They look really good. I think they look amazing. Man, uh, me too. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know we're agreeing on everything. It seems like today, but. Yeah, the away whites, are just, they just look sick. They look really, really good. And the, the home ones are good, too. Don't get me wrong. I like them both. I'm really excited about this year's kits. But, yeah, those away ones, man, they're just top class. They're so clean, and they're so minim- there's such a minimal design on them. The Claritin Blue really pops on the collar. I love mm-hmm. those kits. I love the V on them, the, the V-neck on it. I think it's just a great look. And, you know... Umbro gets a lot of shtick for basically not being Adidas or Nike, and they've done great with our kits over the recent seasons, and I think they, they did it again with these ones. Agreed. I completely agree. All right, so let us jump into our match preview for Norwich. Again, we'll have our predictions out, our predicted 11, predicted scores, and everything else uh, as far as that is concerned. But uh, for now, we'll just jump into sort of our thoughts on, on the Norwich team and, and how they're doing and how we think West Ham will line up against them. First and foremost, three matches p- played, one win, zero draws, two losses, minus two on the goal differential. Um, they sit 17th in the table with West Ham sitting 14th with uh, one extra point on them. Uh, sorry, with uh, two extra points on them in a worse goal differential, of course. Uh, but uh, Norwich have the ever-enigmatic Pookie. Do you think West Ham have the ability to shut Pookie down and if not shut him down, outscore their issues if uh, if Norwich come out swinging? So, I mean, who Norwich has played who so far? this week? They played Liverpool. They played Liverpool. Liverpool. They played uh, Newcastle where they won. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Newcastle where they won. Newcastle. And uh, they uh, played uh, Chelsea where they lost. Yeah. So arguably two of those teams are are better than West Ham right now. Uh, yep. Possibly Chelsea will find out as the season goes on. But, uh, I mean, he scored against them. You know what I mean? So I, I think it would be... It would just be biased of me to say that I, I think we're going to shut him down. I, I hope that we do, man. I truly do. But like we just talked about in the earlier segment, man, he, he just knows how to get in the right spot in the right area and can put it home. I mean, he did to Liverpool. He did to Chelsea. Newcastle, I mean, that he just put on a show. But I don't think Newcastle's defense is as good as ours. I, I think that we definitely have to tighten up. We have a possibility. If they tighten up, if they've had a good week in practice and they're ready and prep for it and we can get in the right positions and – if Nobs is playing and he can get you know players tracking back and playing well, then yeah, I think that we have the opportunity to. But it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough because he's just on fire right now. Yeah, let's look looking at the team here. They played a four two uh, four two three one setup um, with goals coming against Chelsea from Pookie and Cantwell. Um, but Tim Krul and Nets is a good keeper. Buendia as well brought a lot of energy. Max Aaron's is a terrific fullback. Uh, someone who's probably going to go for a big money move in a year or two. Uh, Steeperman, solid in, in the midfield as well. But, you know, Pookie's the main man. 
but what Norwich do? They they spring that counter attack and then they hold on to the ball against Chelsea. They they manage forty six percent possession in the match, which isn't anything to, to you know to shake a stick at. I don't think it, it's solid for a newly relegated team to to do that. They ended up having six shots, five on target against Chelsea's twenty three shots, with only eight of those being on target. You know they put up a few a few less passes, a, a slightly lower pass accuracy than them. The match was pretty even outside of, you know, a little a little lopsided in the shot department. But this Norwich team, I think they, they play as a unit, and that could be their biggest strength when it comes to breaking down different teams and, and they wear down their opposition and allow someone like Pookie to basically take over. And, you know, that's that's their MO right now. Yeah, oddly, we're playing, this will be the third team in a row, excluding the cup match, where a team that's probably, you know, should be lower or lesser than West Ham but it adds a little fear to you. I mean, Brighton was a match like that. Watford has been in the past. And now with Norwich, they're coming up newly promoted. They've, you know, put up a lot of goals. They've given up a lot of goals, but they've played two really good teams. And um, I, I think it's going to be a lot harder and a lot tougher than a lot of people think. I agree. Um, but to West Ham's maybe uh, to support West Ham in this one, they had no answer for Tammy Abraham a strong, tall striker who can mm-hmm. score with his feet, who scored almost immediately as the match started, and Mason Mount, a uh, player playing off the left wing. Shifty can play the ball on the ground really well. Um, West Ham have players that fit that mold as well. Uh, Jorginho, Jorginho, however you want to say it, Kovacic, not great. Barkley, not great um, in this match. Anyways, actually, I watched the match. I'm saying that from actual um, experience and, and watching the match there. T- Tammy Abraham did really well. Pulisic was great for energy, but... Um, Mountain and Abraham dictated the play in this one. And Lanzini, Fornals, uh, Felipe Anderson, Allaire, those are players that can fit that mold. Hopefully they can sort of overpower them and, and outplay them over time. Um, we'll move on to our predicted starting 11. Um, I want to just sort of give our opinion on this because it's not going to be the same. We have a different, you know, different options now and different setup for the team. Um do you want to go first, and then maybe we'll maybe we can go together, and we'll we'll sort of go position by position. How does that sound? That works. All right, keeper. No no disagreements here. Fabianski, I'm sure, no. right? Yeah, no, Fabianski. Uh, right back, Ryan Fredericks or Zabaleta, who played in the Newport match and, and looked pretty pretty good. What do you think? I'm gonna go with Fredericks. You know, he had the whole he's had the whole week off. He'll be coming back, and he has a lot of pace, man, up and down the pitch. And I'm just every week I get more excited about him. Yeah, he hasn't had one of those marquee performances like he did to end the season last year yet this year. It's only three matches in, I know. Um, but I, I would keep him in as well. He does leave his defense to dry sometimes. But, you know, what he offers going forward tops that, I think. So I'm with you there. Center backs, Ogbonna and Diop. Does that stay the same or do we see Balbuena drawing? Uh, this is a tough one. I think that, um, I don't know, I don't think Balbuena necessarily played too bad yesterday i mean there was definitely parts where i was confused at what was going on i would i, I would like to see Balbuena come back in to the starting 11 um i think diop has secured his spot i mean even though he looked rough yesterday a little bit at the beginning but uh turn it on the second half i, w- I would like to see him in Balbuena. i'm gonna agree with you there as well agbana hasn't done anything necessarily wrong but um he's always got a penalty in him so mm-hmm. you know this team isn't gonna bowl you over with their height necessarily either so you can put in 
Balbuena, who's not as tall as Ogbonna, but still strong in the air regardless. And hopefully the general can come back. Uh, Mazuaku or Cresswell, who do you got? It's too easy for me. Uh, Mazuaku getting off yesterday. I mean, Crest didn't play a bad game. Crest looked good, and you can tell that he wants to get forward and kind of play the same game that Mazuaku has. I just think with the um, with his pace, him and Fredericks on the wings with the pace um, to get up and down together, I think is has been phenomenal. I mean, it hasn't always been great, but it's got the it it, it has the the pedigree to be really good. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there as well. I didn't think Mazuaku played well against Watford. Um, he was back, but he didn't do anything when he was back defensively at times. But uh, Cresswell didn't impress against Newport, so we move on. Uh, midfield, do you, do you see a holding midfield one or two in the midfield? And do you see Rice and Noble getting marched out again together? Yeah, I think um, I think they do. I think that Nobes, I mean, he's he's played so well. I mean, I'm granted coming back and, and just the automatic, you can tell right away just the difference and um, the difference that he puts on the pitch. And, and we're right. We're talking about Rice and kind of maybe just he's, does, he's not mature enough yet or I'm not really sure what's going on there. But those two together really help out the defense, but they really help out going forward. Yeah, I'm again, I, this is annoying because we're agreeing, but I think we see two <laughs> holding midfielders of Noble and Rice. Now, this is where it gets interesting, the attacking options. Last week it was Anderson on the left, Lanzini in the middle, Yarmolenko on the right with Allaire up top. Do you stick with a three attacking midfielder, one striker, or do you switch to a uh, two attacking midfielder duo striker with uh, either Chicharito or a Yeti Jetty coming back to the starting lineup after he looked okay against uh, Newport? Do you keep it the same or do you change up the formation? I I'm gonna actually change up the formation. I've been uh, and I'll, I'll probably change my mind again by the time the prediction post comes out. But uh, I think that in my mind, it changed up a little bit and kind of go to our favorite four-two-two-two action and so hopefully i'm not stealing the same thing that you're going to say but uh i would like to see it change up and see anderson and lanzini kind of as that front two and then see ayeti come in and play i've seen enough out of ayeti and, and um yesterday's match and he didn't get a lot of action so i don't think he's going to be too incredibly tired but putting those two next to each other with lanzini and anderson behind them um putting forward and you know can still move out to the left and to the right which they're both capable of I think maybe we'll see Pellegrini try that one, especially with you know Antonio going out. I think we're going to see the same three attacking midfielders to, to the to the T with Yarmolenko being rested uh, and Lanzini being rested and Allaire being rested. I think we'll see that same lineup of them across the top. But when the match changes and let's say they need to bring a little bit more attacking, I think you see Yarmolenko get dropped, a Yeti or Chicharito come on and slot beside Allaire. And we basically open this up into uh, get everyone forward and have Noble play box-to-box with his home position being defensive mid. That's what I would like to see. Um, but I think it'll start off the same. So, uh, finally, we disagree. Uh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I had to really change my opinion on the fly there. No. Um, we'll finish with this. We're coming to 20 minutes here. Do you have a score prediction for me? Yeah, I am going to go 4-2. Right now I'm going to go 4-2. I think that... Um, I mean, probably by the hands of Pookie and maybe somebody else, they're going to end up getting two goals in there. But I, I think like you kind of you kind of built me up and got me excited when you were talking about how well Chelsea played. And I forgot with Tammy Abraham how well he played extremely well and looked really, really good. I think that uh, Allaire is going to fit into that mold. We might see another goal from him, see Lanzini get on the board. But, yeah, I think that we're going to actually put up four points or four goals, which is uh, 
pretty fantastic for a West Ham side. But yeah, I think 4-2. I said initially I was thinking 2-2 in my head. Uh, I'm going to knock that down to 2-1. I'm going to give West Ham the win at home. Pookie will get on the scoreboard. But I think Allaire's got another one, if not more, in him, and, and maybe Lanzini as well. Um, but both of us picking West Ham wins at home. Uh, maybe ambitious, but what what it's what West Ham should be aiming for. We're not being homers here. If West Ham want European football, beat newly relegated teams at home. Simple formula. Um, yeah. And to end here, I will say, just as this is coming out, it'll be old news by the, the time you're listening to this, but West Ham will travel to Kassam Stadium, Kassam Stadium, to take on Oxford United in the third round of the Carabao Cup. Ooh. So uh, I believe that's a League Two team, if I'm not they mistaken. are, and I think that they just beat Millwall yesterday in penalties. Oh, you'd hate to see Millwall get eliminated. <laughs> Jeez. I know, I know. Yeah, they're in uh, League One, so uh, West Ham get another favorable draw. Uh, I can't see a match being much more difficult than that against Newport, but we're excited to uh, to take on Oxford, I'm sure. The former home of uh, Marcus Brown when he was out on loan. Agreed, yeah. As well, Antonio Martinez, if I'm not mistaken. Both no longer West Ham players. Anyways, uh, that'll do it. Uh, Jeremiah, any closing words coming uh, up to the weekend here? You know, no closing words, man. I'm excited, uh, you know, here in America. And I think it is in other places, too. we got a big weekend coming up. So long weekend, long break. Canada, too. Woo. A, lot of, uh, a lot of football, you know, both U.S. football because uh, college football is back and, uh, and then European football as well. So exciting weekend for me. Man, you had said you had no words and went on a diatribe about your weekend plans. Uh, so <laughs> me as well. Uh, I, uh, I have no extra parting words here other than, um, you know, come on, you Irons. Let's see West Ham take some, some points at home here. And uh, for those of you who don't know the delicacy that is a traveling rib fest, I will be chowing down on that come the weekend as well uh, for Labor Day over in Canada. So thank you for listening. Until next week, come on, you Irons. Come on, you Irons. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.